Hey, good evening. Welcome to the Wednesday edition of Get Robinger on the Phone. Uh, what do I want to talk to you about tonight? I want to talk to you about standing for something sensible. And what does that mean? It means figuring out what you believe, what those true beliefs are, and trying to be sensible and holding to them and, and not going extreme and wacky on that. I'm going to use Herschel Walker uh, situation as an example. You could vote for Herschel Walker and be sensible. You could not vote for Herschel Walker and vote for Warnock and be sensible, uh, or you could vote for neither and be sensible. Let me explain. Uh, Georgia's Republican Lieutenant Governor Duncan has spoken out against Herschel Walker, basically saying he can't vote for either candidate with good conscience. I think he represents, that is, the Lieutenant Governor um, Duncan represents what we should all be thinking. I think he's taking a middle of the ground position saying, Herschel Walker doesn't stand for the values I believe in. He's lost my right to be supported by me, and I'm not going to support him. On the other hand, I couldn't support Warnock if my life depended on it. Now, how can we trust anyone? Okay, In politics, perfection isn't obtainable, but I think honest disclosure is. If somebody wants to come out and say, I'm opposed to abortion, and they want to say, I used to be not opposed to abortion, but like Donald Trump did, I had a reformation, right? My ideas changed, some things came to me. You can choose to believe them or not, but at least if they're honest about their past, you don't have to worry about whether they're lying to you and whether or not hypocrisy is at play, right? So if Dr. Oz says, yeah, I killed puppies, but it was a medical experiment, so let's not think of them as puppies, let's think of them as test subjects, and it was humanely done in an advanced human uh, care, a PETA person might not care why he did it, would never vote for him for chance, right? And a guy like me who's a member of the other PETA, people for the eating of tasty animals, um, while I don't eat dogs, uh, I don't really have a problem with them being used in medical experiments, right? Do you? Um, my favorite's when they say, oh, no, this isn't tested on animals. No, this stuff is tested on animals a long time ago. We just don't need to retest it on animals is what they're saying. But I go down a rabbit hole there, no pun intended, right? Um, if we're going to be able to trust our politicians, we're just going to have to get over this. I can't tell you my true past. I can't show you my true beliefs. I can't tell you what's changed about me because I have to hide it. We need to get to a point where politicians could come forward and say, America, people of Georgia, people of Pennsylvania, these are my beliefs, take it or leave them. By the way, these haven't always been my beliefs, and here's my journey to how I got to where I am. Most of us that believe things like I do or you do, our beliefs are not something we plucked out of thin air, although seemingly I would argue some of you, uh, like my three wise men on Facebook, uh, they just have a certain uh, script they have to read from the uh, manuscript, right? But most of us come to our conclusions and our beliefs through experience and through reading and through observing and, and trying to learn. Now, one of the problems with experience is my experience is not your experience, but most of our experiences are not everybody else's experiences. Um, you see this a lot of times, like if somebody's a victim of a particular kind of crime, they'll have a feeling about that kind of crime and what society should do to protect against it, okay? People who are not a victim of that particular kind of crime might not want to spend a lot of money on enforcing uh, that thing. DUI comes to mind. Some people who've been the victim of a DUI driver, for instance, have very strong feelings about drinking and driving. Other people don't have a strong feeling about drinking and driving. It's based on their personal experiences. 
Society then has to decide how seriously to criminalize that event. Um, we don't care about drinking and driving enough to stop the sale of alcohol, right? We don't care enough about drinking and driving to limit the hours that alcohol can be served. Um, and we don't care enough about drinking and driving to put a device in your car that would require you to breathalyze every time you operate it. And we do care enough about drinking and driving to make it a very serious penalty should you hurt or harm somebody. And you can see how the costs and benefits and personal freedoms are all weighed out in that decision-making process. But nonetheless, while majority of people would probably not be in favor of a breathalyzer in the car, and a majority of people are in favor of jail time for DUI, any one person's position on that spectrum may be influenced by their own personal experiences um, in life. Okay? So why do I mention this? Well, we need to get to the point where we can look at our politicians openly and honestly and, and understand them based on our own experiences and our own beliefs. But what concerns me is just because you like it doesn't mean it's good for you. It sounds like something my mother's been telling me for years. Um, well, mom, you might've been right about this one, right? Uh, I like chocolate cake. I don't think a thousand pounds of chocolate cake is gonna be good for me, right? Occasional little bit of chocolate cake indulgence, okay, right? Um, you can't support bad candidates, it weakens the message. What do I mean by that? If you support a candidate who doesn't really fit, uh, or who's a hypocrite, and we'll come into that hypocrite here strong in a minute, you weaken your message because, uh, well, let's, let's bring this, actually, let's go jump right to the next bullet point here, because if you want to follow biblical teachings, right, um, I'll be like Trump, one Corinthians. Remember, he said two Corinthians instead of second Corinthians because he was a novice to the Bible, right? Um, one Corinthians, if you're a Christian uh, and you, supporting unholy people as a means to an end subverts your example to non-believers. Well, what am I citing here? Well, you might remember uh, the church was asking uh, Paul, uh, what about this meat from idols? Can we eat meat from idols? And he basically said, listen, if somebody gives you some meat and you don't know where it's from, don't worry about whether it's from an idol or not, because we know they're not real. There's only one true God. But if you are somewhere at a meal somewhere and someone offers you meat and says this meat was sacrificed to Baal or, you know, fill in the blank idol, you should playfully decline it. Because even though you and I know there's nothing special about this meat and you're not really worshiping another God and it's perfectly digestible and probably good calories, there are weaker members or non-believers who you're setting an example for. And they will say, look, there is Carl, that very religious man, eating the non-religious meat. So he must not really believe what he says. So a couple thousand years ago, you know, not too long after the crucifixion of Christ, if you want to set it by biblical times, Paul's telling the early church, you can't do what they do. You can't compromise because the weaker among you, the people who are non-believers will see that example and you will not be setting the proper example to bring them into the flock and to show them what your true beliefs are. And in fact, you'll be tempting weaker members to go that direction. So going back to just because it's good for you doesn't, uh, just because you like it doesn't mean it's good for you. When you support a candidate who makes you appear to be a hypocrite, right? And I brought up Herschel Walker earlier. Let's assume that there's some traction to this. You can say he did or didn't give an abortion. If you believe that he didn't pay for an abortion, this is all made up 
and and that yeah he agrees he sent a 700 dollars check and a card and all these kinds of things and yeah this is now the mother of his 10 year old child that he didn't raise and he you remember he's an absentee father and he didn't put a gun to his wife's head but he says in 2008 he saw god and that fixed him and he got rid of his dissociative personality disorder then of course in 09 he potentially had this abortion you know this sort of thing but you know, where you come down on the facts right so if you decide that herschel walker did in fact pay for an abortion and he's lying about it then he's not setting a good example in fact that makes you look like you don't really believe what you say you believe as a conservative or as a christian conservative or a christian republican or whatever it is you believe yourself to be so on the other hand if you don't think any of that's true you literally don't believe it's true and you think it's all a, a damn lie well then you could vote for herschel walker and, and say that right i don't believe any of this to be true I know this not, well, I can't say you know it not to be true. I don't know if we can say we know it to be true, right? Um, but if you vote for a politician or put a politician out there uh, for any matter where they greatly uh, don't meet your moral standards, okay, and you've claimed that morals are important to you and that people should live a moral life, then you're doing exactly what Paul said by eating the meat that was sacrificed to the idol. You're setting a terrible example. You're showing non-believers or others that you don't really believe what you believe. So in the case of conservatives voting for Herschel Walker, if we agree that he had an abortion, by voting for him, you're saying, it doesn't matter what he did. I believe abortion's murder, but I don't care without an adequate explanation and contrition. Again, um, going back to my earlier point, if politicians could come forward and give their history and talk about those things and be open and honest about it, um, then we could gauge them in the context. Now, let me give you an example. Um, somebody has committed a crime, let's say a sex crime, and 20 years have gone by and they said that Jesus has come into their life and they've found redemption and they're not that guy anymore. Are you going to let them babysit your kid? Okay. So it's possible you could believe the person's redeemed but on the off chance that maybe they're not actually redeemed, you don't want them babysitting um, your little ones, right? Well, you have to make that as a judgment call. Again, that's there's no right or wrong answer to that. Although I think we would all argue that if it's 10 days after the guy was convicted of a crime, um, the likelihood that he's not reformed is greater, right? The more times pass, the greater the likelihood of reformation. And that would maybe weigh in the totality of the evidence. Well, when we talk about someone who says, I was pro-abortion, I'm no longer pro-abortion, am I a flip-flopper? Can I explain the sudden change? Or was it a gradual change? Or was there something that happened? Maybe I paid for an abortion in 09. And then maybe my, my girlfriend or side piece or whatever Herschel had, had the kid in the second kid in 012 after I wanted an abortion. And then when I saw the baby and I was holding the baby and raising the baby, because we know he didn't do any of that. But after he was raising the baby, he said, you know what? I can't believe I killed my other child. And therefore, I have this new belief about abortion and it came to me. We can judge all that. We can't not necessarily be right about it. My point is, is if you vote for a candidate nakedly, knowing that they don't represent your values because they will accomplish something you want to accomplish, you're just like those Christians who fell down and ate the idol meat and set a bad example for everybody else. Um, now, I think you should vote your beliefs and follow your conscience. So if you believe that the only right choice is to vote for Herschel Walker, then you vote for Herschel Walker. 
if you believe the only right choice is to vote for Dr. Oz, then you vote for Dr. Oz. If on the other hand, you wanna send a message, um, and we'll come to that in a second, but if you have a strongly held belief, you shouldn't do violence to that belief. You shouldn't do something that destroys or damages that belief. And so what do you do in that situation, right? You follow your conscience. And if you say, I can't support Doug Mastriano because his views are too extreme, or I can't support Fetterman because he's too much of a communist in a hoodie, right? Whatever your belief on either one of those fellas is, does that mean you have to vote for the other one because you don't support that one? Or you hate the other one so much that you must support this one because lest you cast a vote for the other one. Well, not voting for Doug Mastriano is in a way a vote for Shapiro, right? Because it's not going to counterbalance the other votes. So some people will counsel themselves and say, I had to vote for Doug Mastriano because otherwise I was supporting Shapiro. I don't think that's the case. If you don't dislike Doug Mastriano a lot and you don't believe that he's a thema to your values, you may want to vote for him to counteract somebody like Shapiro that you don't feel fits your values. On the other hand, if neither one fits your values well, don't reward either party for picking that person. Now, this is where you have to think long term. Okay. Don't support just anyone because the other choice is bad or more bad or terribly bad or horribly bad. If it's a close call, you know, pick one. If neither is acceptable, make your point for the future. Write in a party candidate. So if there's a Green Party candidate and you're an environmentalist and you think everybody's ignoring the environment, write in the Green Party guy. If you're a libertarian and you think everybody's ignoring personal freedoms, write in the libertarian guy. Why do you do this? Well, because the parties, the two major parties, the politicians, they study what actually happens in these elections. They pay very close attention to it. So when you vote 5% for Jill Stein and send Donald Trump to the White House, the Democratic Party picks up on that, right? Maybe that's why they tried to move to the Green New Deal on the left. They're trying to pick up those Jill Stein voters, whoever the hell they were. Um, on the other hand, if you saw that people were writing in the conservative party and 8% of the voters wrote in the conservative party in your state and your last candidates lost by three or four percentage points, you might think, how could I get some of the conservative party vote into my party? Maybe I should move in that direction. So if you really want to signal to the politicians where they should go, you can't just rubber stamp all their bad choices. So if the Republican Party gave you Mastriano and the Democratic Party gave you Shapiro, and neither one fits close enough to your true beliefs, and you think each one is dangerous somehow, then your real duty is probably to write somebody else in. Um, even if you wrote in an imaginary guy called Terrible Choices, um, or I abstain because the choices are terrible, whatever you want to write in, right? It's your prerogative. You could write in Mickey Mouse. You could write in Carl Rominger. Um, you write in Donald Duck. You could write in your own name. But I think writing in the, um, you know, neither candidate is moderate enough. Uh, again, you can put whatever you want on that line. But I think if you pick a candidate that's already out there or write in, for somebody whose political values are well known. So vote for Billy Graham if you want to send the message that nobody's Christian enough, right? Billy Graham Jr. or the son. Um, vote for Donald Trump if you don't think any of the candidates are Trumpy enough. Just write that in at any level on any anything. Now, some people are going to say, Carl, you're wasting a vote. You're not helping 
your party and you must work for the party. Listen, the party is not going to change. The party is not going to respond to your beliefs if you don't exercise your vote, both in the primary and in the general election. And I know some people who, and I understand their feeling, they feel like Mastriano is a terrible candidate in Pennsylvania for governor, but they're Republicans and they must vote for him. I'm not one of those. I will vote for the Republican I voted for for Senate. And I'm going to have to figure out whether I'm willing to cast a vote for Shapiro because I'm that scared of Mastriano, or do I abstain and write something in a little bit more moderate? Um, maybe Ashton Kusher, you know, the actor, why not? Um, if any of you know his political values or you heard the old Bill Maher show that he did, you'll understand why I picked him and that would send a signal, right? Um, but that's the point. You just go along with whatever garbage choices the parties give you because you have to go with your party because it's a vote for the other side. All you're doing is encouraging this, okay? And, and you know, I was talking to a really nice lady that I know who told me that abortion should be between a woman and her doctor, and that's it. That's the only two people should be involved in. Government and politics should never be involved. And I said to this really nice lady, I said, listen, I hear what you're saying, but have you not voted for the Republican candidates who told you that abortion should be banned or illegal or not allowed? Well, yes, I did. Okay, so you didn't care enough about that issue. You know, I understand you have a belief about that issue, but that issue was not enough to sway you against voting for these people. I've heard other people say you know, that abortion should be illegal, it should be banned, um, and then you find out they voted Democratic, right? and for politicians who clearly would never ban abortion. It's okay, you can't always vote on one issue. You can't just vote on gun. I mean, what if you have a candidate that's pro-guns and pro-abortion, what are you gonna do? Ah, um, they exist, they do exist. And what do I say by pro? I mean, maybe some, maybe there's a guy or gal, there's a lot of Republicans out there who tell you I'm pro second amendment, but I also believe in abortion under certain circumstances. Um, now we got one gal on the Facebook, Sandra comes to mind. She's always trying to explain why she's all for saving the life of a mother with whatever procedure is necessary, but because when it's saving the life of the mother, it's no longer abortion. So the semantics she uses to, you know, to get by. So maybe a candidate could say, I'm not for the termination of pregnancy, but I am for the saving of the life of a mother and give you one of those nebulous political answers. They like to do that. Um, but I think it's important, and just to go back to the beginning, um, we we need to vote our conscience, okay? We need to vote our belief structure, but we have to do it in a way that not only accomplishes getting the people in that we want, but when nobody that is fit for office is presented to us, we send a message likewise. Does that mean that you might have to accept a Josh Shapiro to send a message on Mastriano? Yeah, it does. Um, do I think you would send a message by not voting for Shapiro and not voting for Mastriano, and then Mastriano might win. I don't think he has enough numbers, not close enough race, I don't think. If I were voting Republican for Mastriano, which I wouldn't be, and I couldn't vote for Shapiro, absolutely, I would write in a moderate Republican like Lou Barletta. And Lou's not really that moderate, by the way. Um, but that's sending the signal back to the party. Remember Lou Barletta, the guy that Carl voted for in the primary. Well, he's throwing his name at you again. In fact, 8% of the state threw Lou Barletta back at you again in the general election, maybe suggesting next time 
take Lou Barletta in the primary, right? So I know it's been very Pennsylvania centric, except for the Herschel Walker part, but Herschel Walker just encapsulates this argument so well. He is a candidate who says one thing and then may have actually done those things, refuses or denies to acknowledge he did those things, and maybe he's telling the truth. Maybe he didn't know about any abortion. The $700 check and the get well card, awful suspicious, right? Maybe he never played football. Um, he's going to have a debate. I don't think he's going to win. And this just goes back, by the way, Herschel Walker, Doug Mastriano, and a whole bunch of other choices were bad choices by the Republican Party. Because even though, and I'm a registered Republican, I was the president of the Allegheny College Republicans when I was in college. And yes, we read Karl Marx back then. We also read Locke and Hobbes and all those other good things, Plato, Aristotle. You know, one of you was beating me up today um, that I must be some kind of Marxist. And I said, yeah, I've read Karl Marx. He said, yeah, I knew it. I knew you did. And what's funny, though, is the guy that's saying that, he's never read Locke. He's never read Hobbes. In the where Jefferson got the Declaration of Independence from, obviously. He thinks it came down from above. Um, those of us in the know, know it came up through the literature, right? I mean, you can find something very similar to Declaration of Independence, a little trivia question for anybody who, who knows where you would look for that in the um, philosophy department. So, and uh, to my buddy Marshall, who might listen to this, yes, Marshall, I am not a philosopher. I don't have a degree in it, but I do occasionally read a little bit of it, and I feel qualified to you know, maybe talk about uh, um, coconuts and trees and people with clubs and the natural state of man, um, if I if I see fit. Uh, but anyhow, I like to digress and reach out a little personally once in a while. Uh, so at the end of the day, don't do violence to a strongly held belief. Pick a candidate, if you can, that best encapsulates what you would like. But remember this, it's not about good and evil. This BS that I hear you guys, that this is the end of the world. Okay, you guys said that Obama was the end of the world. Obama did a lot of bad things. Obama did some good things. Last I checked, he was a president a while ago, and the world is still in existence. We survived eight years. We survived four years of Trump. It looks like we might still survive four years of Biden, right? Um, not everything is this existential magical crisis in politics that you believe it to be. In fact, if we would pick more middle-of-the-road candidates, we might get a little bit more done once in a while. We might get some more solutions in place. All right? Nobody's views are unimportant, and nobody's views are not worth considering. There are better solutions and worse solutions to problems. There are political solutions, and there are actual solutions. Sometimes they're the same thing, and we all get lucky, right? Most of the time, what's good for politics is not good for the human condition, and I think that's important to remember. But if you don't force the parties to pick candidates that are reasonable and sensible, and you get caught up in this extremism on the wackadoodle left or the wackadoodle right, which my buddy Glenn Beck says is really just one big circle because the wackadoodle left and the wackadoodle right come together behind us somewhere, right? Remember his bulletin board? He drew that stuff there. I always liked that because I think Beck did a good job with that. Um, anyhow, that was the thought for the day. Pick a candidate, vote your conscience, and do the best you can. But make sure these guys know we're not always happy with their choices that they're giving us. Take care.